Hello and welcome to the Nutrition with Rebecca podcast. This podcast is designed to empower you with the knowledge to live a healthy and happy life, to banish the years of yo-yo dieting, heal your relationship with food, make lifelong changes to your health by learning evidence-based nutritional techniques with self-compassion, mindfulness and behaviour change to feel more accepting and confident both in your mind and your body. We'll likely be adding a little bit of feminism, some sass and some humour along the way. I hope you enjoy and thank you for tuning in. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Nutrition with Rebecca podcast. You're joined by me, your host Rebecca and of course, as always, my beautiful best friend, Edith. We hope you're all having a fabulous day wherever you are and if you're not, know that it will pass. Today we're going to be talking about a topic that can bring a lot of fear, uncertainty and worry for many and that is the fear of weight gain. So we're going to be covering a few topics with it. Why do we fear weight gain? What does weight gain mean to you? How to embrace and accept weight fluctuations And identifying whether weight gain is entirely detrimental to health. So before we start, it's worth acknowledging what we mean here by weight gain. And that means touching on weight maintenance. Thanks to slimming clubs, diet plans, etc. There is a misunderstanding on what weight maintenance really is. Weight maintenance is not getting to a certain weight. Perhaps your goal weight <clears throat> and never changing weight again. That's meticulous control and frankly, not only on a behavioural but a physiological level, impossible. Weight maintenance is your weight fluctuating with seasons, chapters, times of your life. And actually, when we look at the research, weight maintenance in a healthy individual will fluctuate up to six kilos. But with these slimming clubs, we can see scarcity and fear that comes with any change in an upward direction in the scales. When in reality, and when considering health, it could be a natural fluctuation and part of your current stage of life. And I'm just going to leave this one here because this is probably one of the most powerful things that I've ever heard. A body that fluctuates is a sign of a joyful, wholehearted, connected, present body that is living in the moment. A body that is meticulous under its control to scale weight and shape is a body conforming to diet culture. So why do we fear weight gain? When we know now weight maintenance is anything from one to six kilos. So firstly, we've got to consider diet culture. And diet culture is, in essence, a set of beliefs that prioritise certain shapes and sizes over actual mental and physical health. It perpetuates the idea that not only does a quote-unquote perfect body exist, but everything needs to be sacrificed in order to attain it. It's a system of beliefs that values thinness overall. Oppresses people who don't match up with this supposed picture of health, which disproportionately harms women, transgender, people in larger bodies, people of colour, people with disabilities, damaging both mental and physical health. Then we've got the thin ideal, 
And a thin ideal is a concept of the ideally slim female body. The common perception of this ideal is the women who possesses a slender feminine physique with a small waist and very little body fat is that of more superior than any other. The belief is that is more attractive, more worthy, more lovable, more accepting. And outside of this, a person is undervalued, less worthy, not attractive. Then we've got internalized weight bias, a combination of the two really that manifests into beliefs that smaller is better and bigger is less than. This can be projected outwardly as well as inwardly. It can show up as judgment to others that have potentially gained weight alongside critical analysis of your own fluctuations. This is directly linked to a negative body image, low self-esteem, eating disorders and negative health implications. Then we've got misunderstanding of scale weight and what it actually is. Again, thanks to slimming clubs, you can even get a gold star now when you hit your quote-unquote goal weight. And maybe you go back and you go back like every four weeks to said slimming club and maybe your weight's fluctuating by like a couple of pound. You're instantly told then that you've gone away from your goal weight and you need to get back on to the 15 sins that it promotes, you know? So this misunderstanding of what scale weight actually is, which we will be covering throughout this podcast. And then we've got a poor body image and a misunderstanding of what a body image actually is. And this one, it really breaks my heart. Because we see so many people now, and I see it more in females, but I'm sure it is extremely prevalent in males as well. This misunderstanding that our body is the most important thing about us, that our sole purpose on this planet is to look a certain way, be a certain shape, a certain size. And we hold ourselves back, hold ourselves back from job interviews, from taking risks, from challenges because we feel we're not worthy because of our weight and shape. Then we've got negative comparison to peers, friends, those around you. So again, comparing yourself to friends, well, Gail's slimmer than me. Karen's more musclier than me. Um, Susan's waist is slimmer than mine. And all of this is critical analysis of your body, but actually this could look like internalized weight bias as well. And what you're doing is holding other people's body more superior to that of yours, And whilst you'll do that, and that's probably a belief that you have formed for many years, now a habit, right? You'll forever find criticism in your own body. And then we've got social media, TV shows. You remember The Biggest Loser? (laughs) Love Island, magazines, marketing. All of this collectively is led from diet culture, the thin ideal And if you're a millennial like me, in fact, any generation, you've been brought up with the belief that thinner is better. Kate Moss, Victoria Beckham, told to be weighed on live TV four weeks after giving birth. But then you've also got Jesse Nelson, shamed for gaining some weight. Mel C from the Spice Girls, outrightly criticised when she put on some weight. And now she's come out and acknowledged that when she gained weight, She had an eating disorder. And we don't see these implications, right? But now, as a society, we do fear weight gain because we fear the judgment. And we analyse and criticise ourselves if we gain a smidgen bit of weight. Hyper-focus on food and our bodies because we feel we're not enough. 
So what does weight gain mean to you? And you can probably establish that now from why so many people fear weight gain as a society. It's a collection of marketing, media criticism and beliefs that you you have been led to believe growing up. And I know I've had clients who can remember times in their childhood where people around them commented on other people's body when they had gained weight in a negative tone, which led them to then internalising this as a belief that weight gain is bad. So maybe you're around your granny or your mum or just somebody close to you that you looked up to who was talking about dieting and talking about um, Joe Bloggs gaining some weight as if it was a bad thing. And then you may have internalised that now to this belief that weight gain is inherently bad. And maybe you grew up in an environment where, I don't know, people around you were constantly dieting. I knew I grew up in an environment where dieting was rife in my home. My mum would weigh herself every single day and then do a lot of exercise and eat very little meals just to lose weight. And then of course, weight loss is celebrated, right? We hyperfixate on people's bodies. And now even we comment when people have lost weight without complete recognition as to how they got there. Maybe they have a chronic illness. Maybe they're going through some huge trauma at the minute, which has impacted their appetite. Yet we have this association that thinner is better, more healthy. So when we're starting to establish what weight gain means to you, we're starting to understand where your beliefs lie. So it's worth getting a pen and paper now and acknowledging it. Whether that current belief is rooted in health and balance or whether it's rooted in diet culture narratives, internalized weight bias and the thin ideal. And there's no right or wrong way to acknowledge why you fear weight gain, right? This is subjective and it's individual. But when you can start to acknowledge it, you can start to understand And that's when you start to make the change away from this. So that say you have a goal of fat loss and you get to maintaining your weight, say your goal weight is around 70 kilos, right? But when when the scales fluctuate and maybe you're at 72, you then don't think you instantly need to diet. You then don't look at yourself in the mirror and call yourself fat. You then don't follow with maladaptive coping strategies like overeating because you believe that that weight gain is bad. So you need to be doing this if you now fear weight gain. The beliefs you hold around weight gain will be detrimental to your health mentally as well as physically and will have a huge implication on the sustainability of your goals. Like I said, you will never sustain a certain weight and your body should fluctuate. This is the start of breaking away from the notion that your entire worth is based on your body weight and your body shape and that your body is the most important part of your existence. It's not. So how do you begin accepting weight fluctuations? So let's establish what the scale weight shows and what it does not show. The scale weight shows one thing, your pull to gravity. The scale weight does not show your self-worth, your body fat levels, water retention, fitness levels, strength, stamina, cardiovascular health, risk of diabetes, risk of chronic illness, confidence, food relationship, food guilt, food preoccupation, food avoidance, hormonal balance, stress management, sleep, emotions, dysregulation, commitments, um, trauma. It doesn't show any of that. It shows your pull to gravity. And this is where people get it massively confused, right? 
because they believe weight gain is attributed to fat gain. The scales do not show you fat gain and they do not show you fat loss. So you can be gaining weight, but actually not gaining body fat. And I did a podcast on that just recently. So scroll back a couple and that can really help you identify it. But when we have this misinformation and this misbelief that our weight is our fat, then the minute the scale goes up by 0.1, you're instantly, oh, I've gained fat overnight. So now I am fat. So now what's the point, you know? And an interesting fact, your BMI isn't directly responsive to body image. So if your BMI goes down, it doesn't mean your body image goes up. You don't just quote unquote feel great in yourself with just fat loss. If you aren't doing the work on your body image, aren't doing the work on weight gain, fear of weight gain, internalized weight bias, the thin ideal, any beliefs you have. It doesn't work like that. And this misunderstanding that confidence comes from fat loss is ludicrous. Ludicrous. And you speak to anybody who has lost weight but not done the work on the food relationship. Not only has the weight never been sustained, it's been a case of yo-yo dieting, but they've never felt any better. And you could probably relate to that somewhat yourself now. And I know a lot of clients say to me, I look back at old photos of me when I was slimmer and I actually hate myself then as much as I do now. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because again, these dieting clubs, these slimming uh, groups, et cetera, et cetera, just teach us that fat loss is the pinnacle of success and it improves all areas of health. It freaking doesn't. It doesn't. So it's now worth working through the next element. So understanding what health means to you. So grabbing a pen and paper and writing it out. And this is a task that I get all of my clients to do. So maybe right now health looks to you like being slimmer, um, getting validation externally, uh, people commenting on you, um, being a size 10, <laughs> weigh next amount. Right, okay. Is that complete health? Does that consider all multifacets of health? Or is that health led from diet culture, from the thin ideal? And actually, when you consider health, what, what would you like that to feel? Would that be no food preoccupation, self-compassion, being able to run around after your children, feeling fitter, feeling stronger in your body, feeling more confident in yourself, dressing to your body, not dressing to fit a size, longevity, reducing risk of frailty, increasing mobility, being independent, financial stability, having an environment and support network around you. This is all health. And when we can start to break away from health as a weight, shape and a size and acknowledge the complete multidimensional puzzle of health, that's when we can start to break away from things like fear of weight gain and actually achieve goals in a sustainable and healthy, enjoyable manner. And then we've got to acknowledge your body image and begin working through your body image. And again, this is so important, especially if you relate to any of the above reasons as to why you struggle with the scale weight. And actually, you can find more information. I did an entire podcast on working through your body image, episode 79, fostering a positive body image. And I recommend you all listen to that. And when we're working through your body image, basically what we're doing is taking off the lens that you see your body through this diet culture ideal, through this thin ideal. So you're not seeing him, her as a separate entity to you. 
Rather, you're connecting back to him, her, appreciating what she, he is doing, accepting him or her, acknowledging the functionalities of him, her, and working with him or her. Your body is the one thing that allows you to live your life, to make memories, to do everything that you are currently doing. Highly criticizing him or her, scrutinizing this malice language, berating him or her is not supportive. And again, it will then come back to this fear of weight gain, right? Because the minute you go from 70 kilos to 70.5, you instantly feel crap in yourself. You instantly attribute that to being less than. So then you're talking to yourself with more malice language. And you're taking advice that you would never offer to anybody else. Maybe you're overly restricting or the other end of the spectrum, overeating. Instead of accepting the natural fluctuations of life, but also celebrating that your body is more than that weight. And then acknowledgement of what the scale weight really is. So my clients all have something in the vault, which is basically a tick through box to acknowledge how their week has been before they step on the scales. So this way we start to celebrate all the things that have gone really well, be open-minded to the things that haven't gone so well and get curious about how they're feeling in their bodies before they weigh themselves. And this is where we can use other metrics to determine success. So things you could do here before you step on the scales. Okay, how has my nutrition been this week? Have I ate plenty of protein, plenty of veggies? Have I thought about including food within my diet rather than excluding food out of my diet? How do my clothes feel? How's my fitness levels? How is my strength? How has my gym workouts been? Have I felt more confident? Have I walked taller? Um, have I managed my stress or am I feeling so dysregulated? How has my sleep been? Um, how is my hormones? Where am I in my menstrual cycle? All of this gives you the awareness of things, like I said, that the scale weight doesn't indicate. And maybe you can step back and be like, actually, do you know what? My clothes are feeling quite good. My fitness levels feel better. I've walked far more this week than I have done for some time. I've ate more veggies. I've included a daily Kit Kat each day. And I haven't had any binge or overeating episodes. I'm actually feeling really good in myself. Why the fuck do you need to weigh yourself then? You know? Because actually everything that I just said and learning to determine other metrics of success are actually sustainable because your scale weight is going to fluctuate, but everything else is far within your control. Your stress management, your emotional regulation, your fitness, um, how many times you exercise, the quality of the food you eat, all of this is within your control. The scale weight isn't, right? Next one, stop body checking. So tally up how many times you body check. And there's no shame, right? Literally no shame. And then reduce it. So if you say every day you body check 50 times, okay, next week you're allowed to do it 35. So you're making a conscious effort now not to focus on your body, but to focus on things outside of your body. And that is also supportive of a positive body image. Learning the art of self-compassion. What advice would you give to your best friend who struggles with the fear of weight gain? What would you say to her? Oh yeah, weight gain is so bad. You've instantly gained fat, so now you need to diet straight away. Probably not, babe. Probably not. You'd probably say to her, how's life been? Like, what's been going on for you? How was your stress? How was your training? 
How's your nutrition? How's your hormones? Where are you with the menopause? And you'd offer advice. You'd be compassionate. You'd be kind. And you'd help her get curious as to why she fears weight gain. And she associates that as being a negative, right? And for the Christ of love, sorry, God, diversify your social media feed. Mute any of these unhelpful accounts that, oh, it's like those what I eat in a day, but then they showcase their torso and their abs before they do it. Like that's like, eat like this and look like me, babe. Okay, but we know the reality of that. We know that they're not actually eating that. Um, <laughs> look for things bigger than you. I say this all the time. Like, there's a reason I love Moana and there's a reason I love walking my dog. So Moana is badass to start with, but she takes on the ocean, right? She sails across the land to deliver the heart of Tafiki. <laughs> she does, let me tell you, single-handedly on a boat. Um, well, she goes to pick up Maui. But anyway, what is the ocean? When you watch it, the ocean is massive. It's humongous. It's like the sky. If you look up in the sky, you recognise how insignificant you are in this world. You look out in the ocean, you realise how small you are in this world. Looking for things bigger than you, it teaches you that your body is the most, is not the most important thing about you, sorry. And it's so insignificant in this world. And engage in conversations outside of bodies and weight. So this is where we link back to your internalized weight bias. So maybe at the minute when you're seeing people, seeing peers, you're coming, oh gosh, Susan, you look great. You've lost weight. Oh, don't you look good? Look at your waist. You look so trim. Okay, so now you're putting her body on a pedestal. You're confirming to Susan that her body is the most important thing about her. There's no awareness as to how Susan's lost the weight. Again, it could be a chronic illness. It could be trauma. It could be stress related. But you're going to then say to Susan, wow, gosh, you look great. Right. Stop engaging the conversation. Honestly, talking about dieting and bodies is duller than a dishcloth, but it's so normal now. But the more we talk about it, the more we fixate on it, the more we will forever find a battle in our own. How about asking Susan how her day's been? How about asking her how her relationship's going? How about asking her if she's got any holidays planned this year? How about asking her how she's feeling and ask her three times because we know of asking them once and they just say fine, they don't actually mean fine. You know? And start to get curious about your beliefs around other people's weight and shape. So if you see somebody who's gained weight, what do you instantly think? And again, this can come from beliefs that have manifested from a very young age. But then it's starting to unpick that. What else can you see about this person outside of their weight and shape? What else can you see about this person outside of their dietary choices? And if you're criticizing their weight and shape or their food choices, that's a projection of your own insecurities around your body and your food. It all links full circle. So if you're asking, why are you eating that? Instead of asking that, ask how you can start including that within your diet. Because the reason you're asking why is because there's some envy as to why you're not eating it. And find joy and gratitude in day-to-day -day life. I genuinely mean this. And finding joy in day-to-day -day life is one of the key tools that you need to work through your food and body relationship. Because for a lot of people, 
especially females again that I see, they struggle to meet their own needs because they've been taught not to have needs. Again, the patriarchal messaging links to diet culture. Women shouldn't have a voice, shouldn't take up space, shouldn't have needs. And then of course, suppression comes in with emotions and we meet our needs with maladaptive coping strategies like food, chocolate, overeating. When you're finding joy in life, you're meeting your needs, but again, you're finding things bigger than you. You're finding things to stimulate you outside of just food and outside of your body. And having gratitude in life as well brings you back to the present moment. It helps you focus on the things that actually make you happy. And that isn't your body. That's your environment. That's your children. That's being able to play with your children, move with your children, feel your children. Having the safety of your home, the clothes on your back. The relationships with those that you love the most. The connection with your best friends. All of this is your day-to-day gratitude, your day-to-day happiness. Yet, a lot of people believe that happiness is found in a weight and shape. And it's not. It's not. I can guarantee you that. And I think it's worth, as we, well, before we get on to whether or not weight gain is inherently bad... Just acknowledging that nobody cares about your weight as much as you do. And I remember some moons ago now, many moons ago, many moons ago, probably probably getting on for a decade ago, actually. When I was in the depths of my disordered eating and really negative body image, I was actually on Tinder. Like, imagine how many red flags I had. Like, all the red flags off Tinder, all the red flags for my food rules. It was tragic, tragic. I could have painted a carnival, probably the length and breadth of the UK. <laughs> but it's all right, friends, we're away from that now. We're away from that. But I remember setting up this Tinder bio, right? And it's like, put something really interesting about you in it. And I was like, oh yeah, fitness. Yeah, likes going to the gym, X, Y, Z, whatever. And I was like, okay. Then I was really fixated on a number. I was really fixated on 60 kilos. And looking back now, I never would have put in that, hi, I'm Rebecca and I weigh 60 kilos because, frick, Christ, nobody cares. And even if I walked up to my best friend now and I said to her, oh, hey, babe, today I weigh whatever I weigh. Christ even knows what I weigh. She'd be like, cool, right, okay. (laughs) Because again, it's so insignificant, right? Nobody cares. Nobody cares as much as you. And recognize that it's not your entire purpose on this planet to weigh a certain amount despite what diet culture and the patriarchy have led you to believe. But hopefully listening to this, you're like, I don't want to subscribe to that anymore because that is disordered eating, poor body image. And actually, I want a compassionate, mindful, healthful, sustainable life. You're not going to get that with the patriarchy, babe, nor with diet culture. Know that your weight will fluctuate and it will change. But that doesn't mean you have failed. doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. It could just be the season you are in right now. It doesn't mean you instantly need to hop back on another diet and get your leg back over that restricted plan. Take a holiday as an example, right? Most people will gain weight on holiday. Most people will see a fluctuation in the scales on holiday for a myriad of reasons. Changes in environment, changes in temperature, changes in food choices, maybe even eating a little bit more, you know? That's normal. 
That's part of life. You've come back from two-week all-inclusive, you're going to see weight fluctuations, right? And that could be anything from one to six kilos. Who knows, right? But if you instantly believe that's bad, you will get that leg back over and you'll hop straight back on the horse. And all you'll do is confirm to yourself time and time again that that weight gain is bad. Can't go on holiday because I just gained weight. Every time I go on holiday, I gain weight. Well, yes, you do, babe. But that's just a normal fluctuation of life. And allowing yourself a couple of weeks, say to all of my clients after a holiday, let's just get back to normal eating for a couple of weeks and it will reduce. And then if you still feel like a barrel of crap, then we can we can have a look at it then, right? But I can guarantee you now, you won't guarantee you. And know the intent behind your actions. They are going to be so significant when it comes to whether or not you're accepting when you achieve your weight. And what I mean by that is your actions can still make you an arsehole <laughs> when you're going through a fat loss phase if you aren't mindful, compassionate and accepting. And the reason I say that is because you won't let people cook for you. You won't go out for a meal. You'll start projecting out with your own insecurities. You'll be an arsehole. And I say that from personal experience. I remember that decade ago, I was an absolute arsehole to be around because I was petrified of the weight gain, petrified of the scales going the other way. So I'd project it outwardly and I'd do everything I could to control that weight. And frankly, I wouldn't want her to be around me then. No way. And know that health is not a certain weight, shape or size. You can lose weight, have a healthy BMI, but be extremely, extremely unhealthy. And vice versa. And actually for more on that, I did a podcast, 140 kilos versus 53 kilos. So I got to what would be categorized, should we say, as a societally acceptable body. And I was so unhealthy. That was when I was said asshole. So, you know, it's always worth listening to that podcast. I think even my, I might listen to it. <laughs> I'm never bored of hearing my own voice. Never. Um, dieting is not fat loss. Again, Remember that. Dieting is not fat loss. Dieting is a way of eating. It's different for everybody. And actually health is not fat loss either. So is weight gain inherently bad? Absolutely not. And for some people, weight gain is important and required for health. Likewise, it would be a healthy choice for some to lose body fat. Carrying too little or too much body fat does have repercussions on your health, on your metabolism, Increased risk of chronic disease, and that's carrying too little body fat as well as carrying too much, is establishing where you are now. If you are in a healthy body, learning to accept and appreciate the fluctuations and work on your body image will see you end this battle for life. I guarantee you. And with that, I want to quote one of my legend clients and beautiful friends. She asked a question a few weeks ago on weight gain, having initially come to me with a belief that she wanted to lose weight, but now having done what can only be described as incredible and life-changing work on her body image and food relationship. Her question was, is it unusual to love a bigger version of yourself more? So I'd say, guessing, as I've not weighed myself, I'm around three to five kilos heavier than I was, say, 12 to 18 months ago. But I actually prefer it. Sometimes I think that's wrong and I shouldn't prefer it, monkey face. I prefer it because I'm happier more aware and content in life and this is where the questioning as to whether or not she should prefer it comes from 
just some deep-rooted beliefs around diet culture. But she's done the work on her body image. She's accepting, she's compassionate, she's mindful, she's kind, she's inclusive. She understands how multifaceted health is. And sure, the scales used to be a big trigger for her. And choosing not to weigh herself now is not avoidance. That choice for her is healthy. And with that choice, she's been able to reconnect back to her body. And I'm just going to say one thing. She has been through the absolute trenches with things that have been outside of her control. Yet, she's still connected. Still loving her body. Still doing everything she can mindfully when she couldn't exercise. When she was in that much pain, she couldn't sleep. She has come out of this wholeheartedly kind, compassionate, considerate to her body because she respects her, because she appreciates her and she's no longer conforming and subscribing to diet culture or the patriarchy. And let me tell you, irrespective of what Slimming World will have you believe, that is health. And sure, okay, she's in a healthy body. She's got a healthy body fat level. So this is where exploring where you're at first and foremost. But even if you're sat there loud listening to this and thinking, yeah, okay, like fat loss would really benefit my health. You've got to also do this work. Because if you don't do this work on your fear of weight gain, when you lose the weight, you will still hate your body. The biggest changes come from the process. And the process is each and every day unlearning limiting beliefs, reestablishing new sustainable beliefs, building your confidence, increasing your self-worth, trusting yourself, having habits and behaviours that support you with mindfulness and compassion and fierce compassion so you take the action, all right? It's exactly what my coaching does. And if that client's little question and her huge success is not inviting you in, then I don't know, maybe Slimming World is right for you, babe. But I know I will change your life for the better. And we've got three spaces open for coaching. One-to-one. I'll link the details below. And as always, if you have any questions, please reach out. Thank you for tuning in.